Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Chris, how's your uh, how's your old man back feeling today? <laughs> it's uh, it's less old man uh, because I I started physical therapy after my back injury. It's a it's a lower lumbar injury. It's uh, it, it, I basically couldn't move around, and I went to physical therapy, and they did something called uh, I I I want to say it was it wasn't hot needle. It was like single needle, some sort of needle therapy. It wasn't acupuncture. They take a needle and they stick it right into the muscle until I twitch and scream. And uh, it was awful, but what it did is it opened up the muscles enough that I could start moving. And now I'm like through day two of physical therapy and I can actually like hang out at the bar and like talk like normal and, and I'm on really good drugs too. Like I'm on, I'm on opioids and, and uh, muscle relaxers and I'm as high as I want to be, but it's, 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 it's at least not painful anymore. So I'll take that. So you got like the Carlos Santana treatment because that's that's what he was he was on the shelf for a couple of days he he it's another old man injury so I mean it's yeah it's to be expected yeah, that's, how, that's how I know that he isn't the long term solution at first base because I'm old he's old I know what it feels like I know he's like an athlete but he's an old athlete and, and they have to work on that problem the the good news is now that I've had like a week and a half of laying around unable to do anything. And I'm back to work. Like, I'm back to work. Like, I'm finally able to, like, do the stuff that I have to do for, like, the company. The Broadcast Basement is, like, a massive podcast network. Bucks in the Basement is just one of the shows on it. And I I basically had to, like, stop doing everything for the last week and a half. So I'm back and going. And one of the things that I noticed was that Bucks in the Basement at this point, uh, over 50,000 listener downloads expected this year massive numbers and growing like up like something like 60% over the last three months. Like this thing is exploding. And I think it's because the team's doing so well. And I think it's time now that bucks in the basement start promoting some great Pittsburgh businesses. So we are finally opening up the, uh, the advertising on this podcast. So, and it's like pennies per person. It's a flat rate thing. I mean, we're talking a couple of hundred dollars a month and you're hitting 50,000 people uh, and it is now available. So go to the uh, the website. Uh, there's plenty of links. Hit us up in the social media if you got a small business. We really cater to small businesses on this network, and uh, we can reach an awful lot of Pirates fans for you. And, and don't worry, those of you who are listening, we're not going to have a, a ton of commercials. Just a few to you know pay the bills and and buy the beer at the bar, right? 
yeah, we gotta we gotta stay lubricated here uh, at the bar. Uh, maybe if Chris was a little bit looser, he he wouldn't have injured his back. Maybe he was a little bit too right. tight that day. I gotta pay for the medical bills, so we're gonna start selling ads on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we do things. And you know what? Let's let's be honest. That's how the world works. Like we need money to be spent with the pirates, especially on this rotation. Right. I mean, I don't know what Bob Nutting's got to do to make himself feel more financially secure that he'll actually go out and get pitching. But that's my biggest concern right now on this team. You you look at the talent uh, positionally, you know, the one through nine and the backups and what's down in the minor leagues. I'm feeling a lot more confident about that than I am with the rotation, especially with Contreras now moving into the bullpen. Yeah, that was I mean, it was something that was. I mean, kind of bound to happen here. Uh, when I went and saw them play in St. Louis, I remember talking to go back and listen to the episode. I just said he seemed just like a little bit off, but he was pitching well enough to kind of fight through like the inconsistencies he was having, like with his slider, with his fastball, with his control. And it kind of all came to a head. Uh, they had talked about him going into the bullpen. Then Vince Velasquez hits the shelf. And then he just comes out and just has, I mean, just a god awful outing versus Oakland, and it's not something you could delay any longer. And it, he is so important, uh, especially the way he performed last year. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, okay, when a prospect comes up, they are like thinking, man, he is going to hit the ground running. You know, he performed well, and you know they're counting on him, and and to a degree. When we were talking about the rotation before the year, we're like, okay, well, we got, you know, hopefully Mitch Keller continues. Hopefully Contreras shows he was what he was last year. But, I mean, these guys, they hit these hiccups. I mean, Mitch Keller's hit them throughout his career. I don't know too many people that, I mean, Spencer Strider (laughs) for Atlanta over the past few years. I mean, because you even look at the teams that, you know, we talk about uh, and mention a lot of times, like like Lucas Giolito was – lights out and now he's struggling. I I saw a post the other day with, you know, who was in the conversation for the Cy Young's, you know, last year and and what their ERAs, you know, look like this year. So, I mean, it's not linear. It's not, it's just, you have to find the, the pitching someplace. I mean, we've, we've listed, you know, you got Mitch Keller and, and then one of, you know, either, Oviedo Ortiz or Contreras or Priester. And now you're like, can throw Jared Jones from double a into that mix. But I mean, you get these injuries, Vince, JT, Mike Burrows, that pitching depth that was talked about at the beginning of the season is like poof up in smoke. I mean, we're already, you know, calling up Osvaldo Beto uh, number one, because I don't think that Quinn Priester is is ready at this point. He's had good start, bad start, good start, bad start, trying to figure out what type of pitcher he is. I mean, he's shown flashes, but I'd like to see him get a little bit more polished. But even if he comes up here and he's you no know, supposedly polished, I, I mean, he could have some bumps in the road as well. You know, here's here's the thing. First off, a uh, quick correction for you. I think you mean Dylan Cease is the one that uh, was really good last year for the Sox and fell off because Giolito's on fire. In fact, Lucas Giolito would be the kind of guy that you'd want to go out and get if you're a Pirates fan in the offseason because he's red hot over his last couple of starts. He's probably 
the best pitcher on a team that's well under 500, and he's going into his free agent year, and you can see other teams already kicking the tires for midseason trade, but that's a guy who wants to go in the free agency. He's well-documented as one of those guys. He's like one of the, I think he's their union rep, and I remember him talking about how important it is to get in the free agency and maximize your value. It would be wonderful to believe that this is an organization that would turn around and say, now we're going to go get a frontline pitcher and we're going to spend the money because we've got so much in the pockets of Bob Nutting that really isn't translated into the payroll of the of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know if that's really going to happen. What you do need to do, though, is along with development, you need to start identifying who you're going to be targeting in the offseason. You need to build a staff. The, 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 I, it's my biggest concern with this team. The, the, you need to have pitching. And I'm not talking relief pitching. Bullpens can come together. I saw this this great stat the other day. The Rangers are in first place out in the AL West. And they spent $14 million total on their bullpen. They spent they, they spent the, like a ridiculous amount of money. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars on everything else. And the bullpen was $14 million. It was minuscule. It, you can identify players, get them at the right times, fit them in the roles. You know, if you really want to live high on the hog you get yourself a big time closer but but you have a good closer on this team so I'm not worried about the pen I'm worried about the rotation you need guys that can go out there they can get you a lot of quality starts which means they're going six innings and they're giving up three or less runs at minimum they're keeping guys off base they're not taxing your bullpen because they can go deep in the games and they, and they can actually get you through the rotation when they're having a bad day onto the next guy when they're having a good day they're dominating and you need to have a couple of guys like that on your team. You need those guys because when you get to the postseason, it all hinges on the pitching. And right now, you don't have that. So if you really want to look far off into the future at the next step or two as to where the Pirates have to get if they're going to be a true contender and somebody who could get into the postseason and make noise and possibly go get that elusive championship, they need to be able to find a better rotation. And even if Quinn Priester was ready right now, that's only one more guy. Even if Quinn showed up right now, they've decided, well, you know what? We're wrong. We're bringing up Quinn Priester, and we put him with Mitch Keller. You only got two. Rich Hill is not a long-term solution, and I don't see anything else that gives me an awful lot of confidence when it comes time for those big starts and those big games down the stretch and when you get into September baseball and then October baseball and you need to have that guy with ice in his veins that can go out there and just pile on some innings and keep and keep other teams down. You're going to need to spend money in the offseason, and that's going to be the next trick is identifying players within your payroll constraints that you can bring in to fill in this rotation. That's what I expect from them in the offseason, and a great outside-the-box thing to do would be to try to make a deal before the trade deadline for either a guy who's got an extra year left, let's say he's a, a year and a half away from becoming a free agent, but you got a team like maybe Oakland out there that is in a perpetual rebuild, and you're able to identify a guy. I mean, J.P. Sears, I'm looking at you, younger pitcher doing well, but you know they'll pretty much, you trade him a couple of prospects, I guarantee they'll move on from that guy, and he'd look nice long-term in your rotation would help you with one of those holes. Or you go get a guy who's going to be a free agent, but you feel like if you get him into the system, at least you get first crack at him, and that's if you believe that your owner's going to open up the wallet at least a little bit. 
Yeah, and with the uh, new, you know, playoff systems, it's kind of harder to figure out which teams, you know, think they are contenders, which teams are pretenders, which teams, you know, are still in it to a degree. I mean, I noticed that, you know, Shane Bieber is is the the big name that's out there right now. I, I know that Cleveland is is probably shopping. Cleveland's him at not this getting point out of it. They're not getting out of it. Are you kidding me? Minnesota's at 500 and has dropped below 500 twice in the last two weeks. That that division, is, I mean, you got the White Sox nine under, and they're still telling their fan base that they've got a shot at it because they're only four and a half games back out of first, even though they're nine games under 500. Cleveland's 31 and 34 and a game and a half out of first place. They're not giving up. That's a winnable division right there. And they've got pitching and they've got talent and they won it last year and they've got to have in their minds. They've got to have in their minds that if things start clicking for a couple of weeks, they could very easily jump into the into the lead and then get into the postseason where remember last year, nobody gave nobody gave the Guardians a chance last year. Nobody at all. And and then they go in there and they start making noise in the postseason because they were built for the postseason. They've got good pitching on that team. If they were able to get it together for a couple of weeks, they take that division, and then they go in, and they've got that puncher's chance for a championship. I doubt they're selling. Yeah, I don't think they're selling at all, and that was kind of going to be my point. Is I, I mean, everybody looked back to you know the trades that they've made previously, getting rid of you know pitchers with you know this amount of control, but it's also looking back to where they were at in their retool, whatever it would be, because. I mean, they ha- did have a lot of, of pieces to move on from, and they were able to turn this thing around very quickly. But, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much a, a the same team with actually, you know, even better, like, more developed pieces. Uh, you, you have, you know, guys that have come up, young guys that are filling in there. So, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to put that to rest. I was kind of talking about Giolito. I want to go back to that for a second. And only because the only reason he was in my head is because he was a guy that was, you know, in the, the Cy Young voting for like three years in a row. And then last year kind of like fell off the map. So guys will have like some, like they could have dips in their career. He uh, had an interesting reason though for it. Did you ever read about this? His reasoning was that during the lockout, he got advice to go and bulk up and put on more muscle so he could throw harder. And the White Sox weren't paying attention to him. And then when he bulks up, it changes the way he's delivering the pitches. And it actually screwed up his throwing. So he lost muscle and brought himself back down under their watchful eye in the offseason this year and returned back to the norm. So he's like, that's one of those things. Like you want to like you want your scouting department to understand that stuff when they're going and looking at pitchers. Like, this guy had a bad year, but we have a reasonable explanation for it. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I I usually try to bulk down as well. I mean, that's that's my yeah. theory. It's just, just I've been bulk bulking down. down since my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad. I mean, Chris. I mean, like I said, we talk about getting older, but my thing is that I mean, we are going to have to add here at some point in time, just because. I mean, last year in a year where the team was you know absolutely terrible, we were very lucky with you know, the lack of pitching injuries and the depth looked to be there this year. But like I said, it's, it's disappeared very quickly. I don't mind giving us Valdo Beto like a little bit of a shot here. Is he a, you know, sexy high end prospect with the ceiling of a Quinn Priester or a Jared Jones? Absolutely not. But he's got like a 1.300 whip this year in triple a, 
a guy that, you know, did, you know, I, he pitched fairly well in spring training. Uh, so people may, you know, remember that a little bit, not that that really even matters, but I just kind of don't want to mess around with prospects anymore. We saw, you know, the previous regime, you know, Mets with, with pre, uh, with uh, Keller to a degree. So I don't want to see that same thing happen to Priester. I mean, if he came up here and he just like lit the world on fire and, and we could keep him up here, that would be great. But chances are, if he struggled in the minors this year, he will struggle in the majors this year. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to see it's like, okay, Quinn, we need somebody to fill in for Rowanzi for say a month here. And no matter what you do, we're just going to have to keep plugging you back in here. I, I'd rather that be Beto add him to the 40 man. I mean, Quinn's going to be on the 40 man at some point in time this year prior to, you know, the rule five draft, he's going to be protected. It's going to be a guarantee. I just don't see why that needs to be the move right now. But even with that, I mean, now let's say Osvaldo Beto pitches pretty well. Luis Ortiz, his last outing, backing up Rowanzi Contreras, came in, gave up like 10 hits in five innings. Is it really striking people out, which is his calling card? So he's not pitching very well. Johan Oviedo had an, an okay start his last time out, but has been very up and down. I mean, it's got to get to the point here where, you know, last year when they brought uh, Quintana in, the year before when they brought Tyler Anderson in, like they were like either the number one or number two pitcher in your pitching staff. Right now, Rich Hill, if you're talking about numbers, Rich Hill consistently, if you're going, you know, by consistency, is your number two. We need to have that guy come in and be like the four or the five at some point in time. And, and if that doesn't happen, then I don't see, I mean, yes, we're contending. And I know people like they're just saying, okay, what do we have to do to contend, you know, for this division? And, and it's it's something that just... I don't know. To me, it's like I focus a lot more on baseball. Not that I'm not a football fan, not that I'm not a fan of hockey, but I focus a lot more on baseball. So on the peripherals, you have football where it's just like on any given Sunday, all you got to do is, you know, win this week division and everybody's got a shot. And to me, I'm like, no, I, I don't really see that. I mean, people point to, you know, the Phillies who kind of backed into uh, the playoffs last year and they made their run. They also had a pitching staff that had Ranger Suarez, Nola, Wheeler. Like, it, that's not the same thing. Like, if the Pirates somehow get into this and we have Mitch Keller and, I don't know, just maybe even one other guy, like, we don't have that type of rotation. We also don't have that type of lineup. We don't got Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins hitting, like, 20-some bombs. And, 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 and I don't know. It's just... To me, I, I just get a lot of frustrated with, you know, some of the narratives are out there. I'm probably, you know, overreacting a little bit, but... I think you do. I think you always do that. You re, you overreact to Twitter stuff and uh, and crazy things that bloggers throw up against the wall to try to get clicks. And you just have to chill out and look at the big picture. That's, that's why I'm here. I'm here to calm you down, <laughs> okay? Because, like, look, in the end... In the end, they do. You're right. They, you have a good point there at the end that you that they don't. They're not like the Phillies. They don't have Bryce Harper. They don't have like like the that level yet. 
And those are the things that need to be added at some point. Like if you're going to contend, it can't all be homegrown talent and it can't all be guys that you picked off the scrap heap and you fixed. At some point, you're going to have to go outside the organization and spend money for the stars that get you across the finish line. Like that's what you're going to end up having to do. So, so that's the first thing. But secondly, you got to go find pitching. And you, you mentioned, you're like, I, I don't know how to figure out if people are in it or out of it. I'll tell you one team right now, I would knock on their door if I was Ben Sherrington. In fact, I'm shocked if he hasn't. I would knock on the door of the Seattle Mariners, a team that loves the trade and has an overabundance of pitching. Like the, the Mariners are basically like the Dodgers in the amount of pitching prospects they have. They just don't all work out for them. They, they, they just name after name after name. They've got, they, they have been bringing in pitching for years and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks, but they also have kind of a, a like a short leash on them. And there's a lot of guys down there in their system, guys that have had a taste of the majors or are sitting at the cusp of AAA or may have even made it into the major leagues, but they're very deep there. And they're still trying to figure out how to get themselves into a competitive stance in that division. And they're constantly making deals out there. I mean, like, what would you think? I know it would hurt certain fans because they fall in love with their prospects. But if you did prospect for prospect or you dealt you dealt things that had potential for you, but maybe from the positional player standpoint, which looks to be kind of a need of the Mariners right now, they have a few holes that they have to fill, and you're able to pick up one or two pitchers that are right there on the cusp that you're, you're going to get an opportunity here in the back half of the year to work with and in an offseason, and you your scouts are able to identify that there's something that they just need to make this little tweak or they need to focus more on some aspect of their game and less on another pitch, and that would give you an effective pitcher. That's the kind of team who I'm knocking on their door coming up to the trade deadline, not trying to like trade an old man for a prospect, which I think people have gotten used to, but I'm talking about Guys for guys, things that like the Rays do an awful lot or the Dodgers do an awful lot. Dudes for other dudes. We've got a dude who's a big time prospect, but he's good at a position that we don't really need because we're flush. And you've got a dude that we need because we don't have enough of them. We don't have enough pitchers. We've got an overabundance of other types of players right now. And we talked about it last week. You've got two guys right now down there in your system that you're going to have to identify at some point. One of them is going to be your catcher and the other one. I don't know where you're putting him, but both of them have an awful lot of value right now. I mean, I know it would hurt Pirates fans to see one of those catchers go away, but if it brought back a pitcher that sat in the two or three spot of your rotation behind Mitch Keller for the next 10 years, you should be excited about that move. And those are the kind of moves that I think have to be on the horizon at some point. That's how you take the next step. You know, you're a team right now that's sitting above 500 in mid-June, and again, I keep going back to the fact that if you would have told me that in the offseason, I would have laughed hysterically, asked you what you were smoking, and then and then said, wow, things are going really well for the Pirates, and I think that's the one thing you cannot forget at this point. Yeah, and I, I think that's it's good to be having these types of conversations just because, I mean, it's a lot better than the, okay, who are we going to trade? And I'm not saying that we're not going to trade those players. I mean... I would be shocked if the Pirates didn't try to, you know, move Rich Hill. I'd be shocked, you know, if, I would hope they would try to find somebody who would, you know, take on, 
you know, Carlos Santana or, you know, G-Man Choi, maybe when he comes back and gets hot for a couple weeks. But it, it would be nice to, you know, be buyers and sellers, which is, is something that we've mentioned. But it's, you know, what do we need to do to stay competitive within this division for this year? And to me, it's kind of like we just need to keep doing what we've been doing and hopefully be able to add for now and for the future, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, this is a weak division. And in this weak division, up until this point of time, through this many games, we, at the time of this recording, have a one-game lead in the division. So, I mean, I would probably say is, you know, we got beat by the Oakland Athletics, who are pretty much beating everybody right now for some unknown reason. You know, that happens in baseball. But we also then came back, took on a struggling Mets team, and won that series. We've talked about this, Chris. It's just basically looking series to series and trying to win that series. So I feel like that that's something that even with this, you know, roster that we have right now, hopefully, you know, you can get a, a good start here and there from a guy that you may not expect it from. Yes, that's that's why I'd say we are probably built at this point in time to win a, a weak division, but not built to win, you know, I don't even know if it would be built to win even a wild card series at this point in time, just because I wouldn't trust the pitching going into it. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand, Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. I, I wanted to run down some of the names real quick of pitchers that you're going to see in the offseason. And then what you have to do is you have to ask yourself, first of all, how many of these guys do we need? Because I would say you need three. Like, I would say Contreras comes back. How about this? At least two. You need to sign two pitchers in the offseason, is what I see, is what you're going to have to do. And, 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 like, I'm looking at this year, and I'm saying, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Wouldn't it be great? And that's why it'd be great to add somebody in that would actually help you at the trade deadline. I think they could be – you should be buyers without mortgaging your long term. And that's the trick because teams are going to hear you knocking on the door and be like, well, we want your top three prospects for this guy. And you're going to have to sit there and say, no, we're not, we're not at that level yet. That's not what we're trying to do here. We can't, we can't blow up everything that we worked for up until this point, but there there's got to be a few guys that you identify in your system that are a little bit behind the curve that maybe other people haven't realized are a little bit behind the curve. That could be capital for trades. But then when I look ahead 
and I say, okay, Contreras, let's say he works it out and he gets back into the rotation. You have Mitch Keller, and then maybe Quinn Priester's ready next year to be your fifth starter. There's still two guys that you got to go out and get. I mean, it is flush out there with free agency, but are you going to spend money on these guys? I mean, are they going to spend the money that they need to spend to get Aaron Nola or Lucas Giolito or, or even go for Blake Snell or Luis Severino? I mean, there, there's a lot of names out there. You go grab an old guy like James Paxson, who even though he's always injured, is on fire since he got back and got himself healthy right now for the Boston Red Sox. He'll be available. He's old, though. That'll be the interesting thing. You, you could very easily, this offseason, if you're willing to spend, catapult this team into legitimate contention. It'd be interesting to see, though, as this season goes on that we're currently in, Will they make a move prior to the trade deadline that is long-term, that gives them at least a good seat at the table with a free agent that's going in the free agency this year, but they got him for the last couple of months, made a little bit of a run. Maybe the guy falls in love with what they're doing in Pittsburgh, and you are willing to spend the money as to what they are projected to make because you have more in your budget than what we think you have, okay? Or, like, will they be able... Like, that's the whole thing. What will they build prior to the trade deadline. That I think is the most interesting thing. And I think they have to build in their rotation right now. It is their biggest area of concern. Yeah. And I mean, I was just looking back and and this is probably maybe changing the topic back a little bit to what we were talking about before, but in winning like a week division. And I look back to the last like three years of playoffs and who won the division in, in the, the National League Central. The Cubs won it in 2020. You can throw that out if you want to, but we had three teams in the playoffs that year because they pretty much let everybody in. The person who won the division, the best team in the division, lost in the wild card 2-0. The Milwaukee Brewers lost in the NLDS the the next year in 2021, 3-1. The St. Louis Cardinals got got bum-rushed by the Phillies and lost 2-0 in the wild card. Believe me, making the playoffs is is something that we should still have as a goal. And but I just kind of want to reiterate something we brought up before: is you don't want to sacrifice the future just to to do that. And I like you said, I think there is like a little bit of a balance here. I think there's a way, but you have to have either, in my eyes, like you said, a Contreras, an Oviedo, and Ortiz. One of those guys has to turn this around and have a, a successful season this year. And then maybe throw in Quinn Priester, hopefully for the next season. Jared Jones, I want to see him get a, you know a little bit more polished in AAA. He's in AA right now. I mean, people have made that jump up. And I, I feel like when that happens, it's like such an oddity. But then people, that's the one they remember of people that make those types of jumps. But, man, I just I just don't really see that happening right now. And for me, yeah, I mean, you're looking at it the same as you've looked at the past few off-seasons, is that you still need to add at least two starting pitchers to this rotation to be able to be legitimately competitive for that year and for hopefully, you know, a couple more years to come. Right now, that's that's where this could kind of, you know, fall apart. And that's why I get people want to inject something into this right now. And I would love to inject something into this right now. But 
you're not injecting what would be like a guaranteed competent, you know, starter in a rotation. You're, you're taking just another, you know, stab in the dark. Yeah. I, I don't want him. I don't want Quinn up here until I'm sure that he's ready. And if they're not sure he's ready, I completely get it. I get, I get the reason though, why people want to get going. They're listening to the national media tell everybody that Cincinnati is now like the greatest team ever and watch out for LA de la Cruz. And like, you know, they, aren't they going to be so exciting to watch in the last couple of, in the next couple of years? And, and the pirates are three and a half games up on them and the pirates are 34 and 30 and Cincinnati's 32 and 35. And nobody's talking about the pirates. I mean, I get it. Have a chip on your shoulder. I'm totally fine with it. I completely understand the entire thing. You're in first place and like nobody notices it because they're not giving you a chance. I get the urge to say, no, forget these guys. We're going to win because we're sick of them talking about or not talking about us, okay? But I get that. But you know what? Play the long game. Don't play checkers. Play chess here, okay? Because you you want titles, and this is how you build the title. You have to be patient even when it hurts. Yeah, and it's amazing to me that people are still falling back on, you know, the Reds <laughs> when they've never been able to build anything for any sustainability and, you know, people are talking about their, their great three uh, pitchers, the young pitchers. And right now, only Hunter Green's working out. Nick Lodolo's right. injured. Graham Ashcraft started to become a mess. And now he's got... Uh, he's- so much hype. So much hype on that team. Like, I, it's it's crazy. You see it. Like, just in the like, baseball Twitter. Like, ever, all the national shows, like, oh, look at the Reds, blah, 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 blah. Please, knock it off. Come on. <laughs> I'll take... I'll take what's going on in Pittsburgh over what's going on in Cincinnati any day of the week. Yeah, because Cincinnati will somehow screw it up. They always do. It's, it's-